heart what God's doing down in Chiapas, Mexico. That's the southern province of Mexico. It's a wonderful thing. I've been down there a few times. And, you know, there's a there. And just mention that mention this to everyone that this coming October, there's a special uh, group that's going down there, a special uh, uh, outreach or mission trip to Chiapas. They're going to with the idea of painting the house down there. Okay, it's a big house. A lot of paint. So we need people to go down. There's a number of volunteers already. Uh, we're, it's only $800 a piece to go down there. I mean, what's that? Among, for the Lord, see? And so uh, if you'd like to, again, we want to remind you about it, because if you'd like to get involved in that, now October's not very far away. Uh, we sure want to get enough to get the, the job done, right? So if you're willing to do it, uh, 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 be sure, or you want to talk about it with anyone, would be sure to check with us because we want to see that fully accomplished. Okay? All right? Uh, Bill and Tam are going to come now, but the children can leave first. Okay? See, I told you one time, the only one time I remembered, this isn't that time. <laughs> Somebody had to remind me. <laughs> Poor kids. <laughs> but your children can go to their classes now. Children can. Hallelujah. We're not taking a break this time. No breaks. We usually take a break on Sunday morning for five minutes or so. But praise God, we're going to press through. All right. And uh, we want Bill and Tammy to come and share what's on their hearts. Okay. Hey, we got that other mic. Where's the other mic? Well, I want each one so they can interrupt one another. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies first. Yes. Watch it. I'm the head, she's the neck. Hallelujah. Good morning. Our expectation is on Jesus. Man, the pressure she was. I wanted to read a scripture. We can do that. We're in church. How many of you actually have a Bible? You know, Todd has his iPad, but he's watching Netflix. So, <laughs> Matthew 22, 37 through 40. We're going to read it in Mandarin. No. <laughs> Jesus said to him. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbors as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. I mean, it's summed up right there. Many years ago, the Lord gave me a, a kind of a, a, a personal quote. I'm going to just give it to you. This is my version of that scripture. When I love God more than I love others, then I will love others more than I love myself. Say that again. When I love God more than I love others, then I will love others more than I love myself. And that's what missions is. It's all about relationships. I was thinking when I was listening to all the missionaries and how we all are building things. And, you know, I, I always joke about being called moochinaries, you know. Oh, no, here come the moochinaries. Hide your wallet. You know? 
But all over the world, God is building things, but he's not building buildings. He's building people. Everything that we've invested in and whatever missionaries have come here, whatever money, whatever time, whatever paint, whatever expense, has all been about building people. Because in the rapture, you won't see this building go up. That'd be a downgrade, because up there, the construction, I think, is a lot better. I don't know. But sometimes we get so focused on, I'm very project-oriented. I think a lot of guys are project-oriented. So God gives us a vision, and he says, build a ranch, build a village. Well, all of that has a goal of building people, pulling them into the kingdom, showing them Jesus. Because when it all is said and done, in a hundred years, what we think is wonderful will be dirt again. And the only thing that will remain were the people that were touched by those projects. And if all I do is build a huge project just so I can have something to give to somebody else to deal with, you know, and I haven't changed one life. I've wasted your money. I've wasted time. I've wasted a lot of stuff, you know. Dale Dale always says this, and I really totally agree. It's all about relationships. Jesus started with 12 guys, 12 of the most qualified. I mean, they had bachelors and doctorates and every area of fishing that you could imagine. I mean, it wasn't an intellectual gospel. It was a relational gospel. It was a gospel of connecting hearts and connecting people. And he actually entrusted something so precious his life and his salvation in the hands of a a motley crew, and I'm not talking about the rock band, he he entrusted that into their hands knowing that they would actually do a good job. I mean, did they go to Bible school for, well, three years, but they went to a school of show and tell. Everything was, you know, watch him. He would do it. In Acts 1, it says, of all the things that Jesus did and taught. So he, he got it in order. He showed them first. And then he taught him what he did. A lot, we like to teach a lot. We don't like to do a lot. Ow, that hurts. <clears throat> I mean, we have people that have heads full of information, but they have miniature bodies. <laughs> and every time they want to walk, they can't, but they've got the information. They could quote it, chapter and verse. But going back, <laughs> I digress. We went to Chiapas, not to build a church. I have to tell you, I'm an accidental pastor. I went kicking and screaming, and oh, God. I mean, my style of of counseling is, stop it. I mean, if you want warm, fuzzy therapy, don't come talk to me. And don't come talk to my wife either. So we don't qualify to be good pastors, really. I mean, I tell the people, if you want somebody to come visit your your house, somebody please go visit them because I can't. I have 25 kids. Or how many do I have? 24 24 kids. That's not a prophecy. prophecy. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, I forgot what I was saying. It's not Alzheimer's either. Everything that we have done in Chiapas 
is directly related to this fellowship. It is, brothers. This is an extension. Do you know God was the first multi-level marketer? I mean, he actually came up with the program. It wasn't Amway or Shackley or Herbalife or whatever. It was God. I'm in Jesus' downline. I was his warm market. And all the glory goes uphill. He started it, and he gets it all, right? Same thing. Whatever we're doing in Chiapas is directly related to you folks. I mean, when we say partnering, it's not a manipulative way to say, give me more money. I really mean it. You guys have partnered with us. Every soul, every life that's been changed, every child that's been rescued is directly related to this relationship. Don't you have your own mic, Rick? I do. I'm just asking asking permission. I'm asking permission. I I think it's important that you know that, that when Bill and I were in Romania, we went there in 1993, and on the plane to Romania, um, that it was it was strange because Del and Teresa and Steve Irby and Becky they were on the same plane, but we didn't know each other, and we actually met each other on the plane to Romania. Um, maybe when we landed in Austria, I don't remember exactly how it how it worked out, but uh, we ended up on the same trip that they were on, and. Um, and built a friendship with them through the time we went on and we stayed in Romania for the next four years. But every time I thought that I can't do this, I can't do this, or I wanted <clears throat> to give up, um, God sent Del and Teresa. It was, it was, they would show up about the time that we felt we, we couldn't go on any longer. And I remember thinking at one point in Romania, I know Dell and Teresa are coming. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to Because I was going through such a difficult time. They walked in. They weren't there five minutes. And I was in the floor going, I can't do this anymore. And it seemed like through the years, every time we got to the point where we felt like we couldn't go on. And that um, it was just more than we could handle. The Lord sent Dell and Teresa. And they, they were just our cheerleaders. And, and, and I know there was a time after Romania, I thought, I, can never do, I can't do this anymore. I just can't, I can't do this anymore. And Del and Teresa have, um, they believed in the calling in our lives. They believed in, in, they could see that calling and they encouraged us. And, it, you know, we've been now in, in Chiapas. Actually, Del got us into Chiapas. Um, yeah, into Mexico. And... Because um, I remember being down there, and I've told you that before, that um, I said, oh, thank you, God, I'm not called here. <laughs> it was just um, way too hot and difficult, and Dale was down there with us when we got the call and um, to go back, and we've been there. This is, we're in our 13th year down there, and um, and I just, every again, every time where I get to a point where I think, God, I just can't keep going, I can't do this, the Lord sends Dale and Teresa again, and just as a word of encouragement to keep going forward. So it, it, when Bill says that about this church being, um, it was a miraculous connection years ago, um, and continues to be an, a miraculous connection, and we're very serious about that. We know that we could not be there if it weren't for um, you guys praying for us, supporting us, and sending Dell and Teresa again. And it, it's not about getting the bang out of the buck in terms of product. You know, it's say, well, I'm going to send $10,000 and they're going to build a structure. No, we're going to build people. And you might not see it tomorrow, but you will see it in eternity. You know, those investments are long term. 
You know, I think of all the stuff that's transpired. Had I actually thought of the money that I would need to do what we do, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't have gone. I would have just stayed at home. Somebody asked me one day, do you know how much it's going to cost to do this ranch project, this children's village? I said, no, and I don't want to know. That's not faith, and it scares me. Anyway, we want to, because we're missionaries and not moochinaries. We, have a, we were blessed. We have a young man in Chiapas that worked for CBN, and he uh, worked for a few years doing um, documentaries. We don't know that if we've shown this or not, so if you've already seen it, just take a short nap or watch Netflix. <clears throat> sorry, I'm loving Wi-Fi in the middle of church, you know. <laughs> just joking, sorry. They'll start passing the Starbucks and Wi-Fi, and we'll be set to go. Anyway, if you haven't seen this, this brother worked for CBN doing documentaries, and one day he did, a, he did came down and did a documentary, a short one for us, not knowing that it would be put on CBN in the U.S., and that actually was a real blessing because it actually produced some support that we didn't expect. And uh, I need to make a disclaimer for my wife. She would love to say it, but she won't. She, she didn't even know the guy was going to film, and she said she was so tired. And, you know, so just, yeah? Thank you. Is that good? Just excuse her. She just, but she looks beautiful anyway. Okay, hit it. That was short. <laughs> Turn off the Netflix, please. healing the hearts of orphans. How one missionary couple in Mexico is providing a loving family to those who need it most. Orphanages, housing dozens or even hundreds of children are disappearing. Instead, governments are stepping in to protect children from neglect or abuse by placing them with substitute families. But one American couple in Mexico is creating a new model. It's a, whole, it's a wholesome community for orphaned or abandoned children where they can grow up in a family atmosphere. Stangita has their story. In Arriaga, Chiapas in southern Mexico, Bill and Tammy Woods and their missionary staff offer love and guidance to dozens of orphan children. They started out decades ago working on youth ranches and a Romanian orphanage and saw that growth was limiting personal attention. We started out with eight kids and then before long there was 20. Within a year we had 40. We found that as it grew then, then we lost the family atmosphere. And the first 20 kids were very healthy emotionally. But then what happened was adding so many more children to the mix that you couldn't meet all the emotional needs. Bill and Tammy didn't have children of their own, but they're convinced that every orphan needs a loving family. When you put a bunch of children into a, a large building, you can maintain them. You can take care of their basic needs of clothing and schooling and, and food. But in terms of being able to get those hugs and time one-on-one, -on -one, they lose it. And when a child begins to lose that, then something happens in their soul, that something happens in their personality. We've seen children come out of orphanage that reject their adoptive parents because they don't know how to connect. The Beacon of Hope is an orphanage set up like a home, according to founders Bill and Tammy. Now that we're in Mexico, we really felt that we wanted to do something that was more family-oriented and have smaller amounts of children living with us. This concept of Christian family has resulted in the emotional and physical restoration of dozens of children. As in the case of Carmita, a brutally abused autistic girl who over the years has been restored and turned into a happy young lady.
many of these kids will never be adopted because their parents have parental rights, but they can't keep the children, so we keep them in long-term care. And so we function as a family. We tell the children, yes, to the world this is an orphanage, but to us this is family. When we go on vacation, we take all 20-plus kids with us. This is our family. Three years ago, they began a new project called the Potter's Ranch. The Potter's Ranch is 106 acres where we can take care of more than 200 children. We have the buildings for production of rabbits, cattle, we have uh, fruit trees, we're also putting in greenhouses, all for the purpose of sustaining the work with what's produced here. The ranch will also have tilapia tanks, a concrete block factory, and community homes. To produce almost a village idea where you would put them in small homes with a substitute mother or a couple so that they could get that. We're designing it for 20 homes to begin with. There'll be a school in the area. Everything that we find in a little village so that they feel like this is normal. The ranch is designed to be self-sustaining and to host visiting work teams. The goal is to make it self-sufficient so that we're not always looking for others to give. And it's also healthier. I think the kids can work there. They can learn to work with their hands and be outside and work with the animals. And then that way when they leave, they can have a life. So for us, the goal this year is to finish our first house, which is called the Bunkhouse, and that house receives short-term teams to come in and help us build. Bill, Tammy, and their team hope that with God's help, they can establish loving families that will serve hundreds of Mexican orphans now and for generations to come. And we just go little by little, watching it happen. Stan Jeter, CBN News. And this is the progress. This is the house now. Actually, it's further along. This is the, the block factory. It's finished. That was in the video. We added this on the end so you could kind of see a little bit of the progress. Um, yeah. So anyway, that was done almost a year ago, right? Yeah. And so um, anyway, that was just a brief update. And that's just one area uh, of our slightly fractured life because we we went down with the goal of starting a Bible school and we did that these guys actually are guilty of getting us connected with the whole Bible school idea Stan and Becky and so we started a Bible school and from that the church was birthed and I have to tell you I was telling my students all the time I'm not planting a church you will plant churches I am not planting a church I refuse to plant Anyway, we have a church of about 300. <laughs> I want to tell you a funny story. We have um, two girls that have been working with us since the very beginning with the children, Sandra and Haiti. One day you'll get to meet them. They're so faithful. And Well, Sandra's learning how to drive, and I, I got to be Sandra's uh, driving teacher. Well, on two occasions, I've, my prayer life has increased. One day we were driving down a little road that had no shoulder, right? And it's a standard. I thought, well, teach her how to drive a standard. She can drive anything, right? So we're driving. But she has this terrible habit of looking at the stick shift when she's shifting. So, you know, there's a natural tendency. You look down and you pull. <laughs> ha! Well, this is a very narrow two-lane road out in the boonies. And right up against the, the side where there should be a shoulder is just bush, you know? Yeah, it's ugly, nasty. Anyway, so she's shifting and drifting, and there's a car coming. 
and my heart begins to pound. And I, I've got the window open, and it's hot down there. Window open. I said, well, Sandra, you probably should get a little farther over. So the car gets a little closer. A little, and she decides to get over. And right then I had all the skin taken off of my arm. <laughs> yeah, that's a little too far. Well, I said, well, I, maybe we'll send you to driving school. Well, then she convinced me the other day we took all the kids to the ranch, and she, it was dark. I didn't think about it. She had never driven in the dark. What a moron. <laughs> she said, uh, she must have played this. She said, Tam says, Mom says, if you, if you say it's okay, I, we can drive over to the village to buy, I think we needed mayonnaise for hamburgers or something. Oh, okay, sure. Mom committed me. I guess I'll go. So we get in the car. She does fine. We go across the road. We're coming back, though, and it's pitch dark. And there's a car coming. And I said, well, you need to dim your light. She had the... She turned them off. <laughs> ah! We were right in front of the car, right? And all of a sudden, they're off. And so she panics, and she starts flashing. No, don't flash. And she starts turning this way. And oh, God. And we have three kids with us. And one of the little one, Chewy, who's like a real comedian. In Spanish, when you say enough, Cassandra started laughing just like hysterical. She, I mean, that, she was panicking. And she, so we finally got the lights on. And she pulls into the driveway. And, the, and she keeps laughing. And the word enough in Spanish is ya. Yeah. And so Chewy, he's how old? Eight. Eight or nine, he finally says, Sandra, yeah! Quit laughing! Because he was terrified. <laughs> anyway, um, those are like self inflicted wounds of missionaries, right? Why would I do that to myself? Anyway, I just want to give you a pre- that was kind of an aside. I just want to give you a, br- a brief breakdown of uh, what we've done. <laughs> Amen? Thanks for coming. <laughs> wow. I got to quit taking them drugs. They did. Benadryl. Who would have thought? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Quick. The church in Arriaga, we're right now in the process of purchasing for I'm sorry, it just comes out that way. Purchasing property. We're, we're buying one hectare, which is two point, how much, Howard, acres? It's two acres, one hectare. 2.25, thank you, my engineer friend, Howard. 2.25 acres of property for the church. The church has grown so big, we, don't, we have people who stand in the back. Uh, on a constant basis, people get saved. Every Sunday, people get saved. I could, I could preach about a doorknob and people get saved. So it's not like I'm doing anything, right? It's just the Lord. So anyway, we're, we're hoping uh, to have more work. <laughs> building a building. So anyway, we're, 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 um, we're moving forward with the church. It's growing. It's called the Lord's Flock. We're, um, we're blessed because um, even though I didn't want to be a pastor, we're pastoring. And so we actually have an uh, uh, international church because we don't speak very good Spanish, but they all understand us. So it's not that that we're good. They actually have a gift of discernment. (laughs) And I have special people when I mess up in Spanish. This one lady, Amanda, her eyebrows would just shoot up like this. 
That's like my Geiger counter, you know? What did I say? <laughs> when I told everyone they had a personal demon instead of uh, self-control, she, her eyes just shot up like that. <laughs> okay. I got to let my wife stand up here real quick. Anyway, the orphanage, um, our kids are getting big. Some are 18 already. They've been, some of them, nine years with us. Um, wow. The ranch, we finished the bunkhouse. We're getting, hopefully by the time I get back, there will be electricity. We've received, it was important for us to build the bunkhouse because since then we've already received two teams that have saved us a lot of moolah. A lot of money. One team came from Canada, and they did all the sheetrocking inside the bunkhouse, which I couldn't have done and I couldn't afford it to do. Um, we had another team came in, and they purchased all of the play equipment and actually installed swings and teeter-totters and merry-go-rounds, and they did that all. Another team has come in, and they planted all the fruit trees. So really, really, wow. <laughs> really. It's a blessing to have the bunkhouse. Um, we've, the rabbit pr- production facility is producing like rabbits. We're not able to keep up because the market is slower than the rabbits are. We're killing 50 rabbits a week, and I think we're selling two. We try to get them to slow down, but they just won't listen. The block factory is ready, and that will help us do all of our own blocks uh, for the small homes. Um, the lighthouse, I don't know if any of you have seen the, the pictures. We actually have a lighthouse because in Mexico the name of our ministry is called Beacon of Hope, El Faro de Esperanza, because the word lost and found, it just doesn't tra- translate in Spanish, you know. It, is, it doesn't have the same idea, so we had to give it a different name. So on the property we actually have a physical lighthouse, which is our water tower. And you can actually go up inside and walk around on the outside. And we did that on purpose to have a point of reference for the people. So, and it's already working. We have taxi drivers that say, oh, yeah, it's by the lighthouse. Or they drive, oh, yeah, you're near the lighthouse. And so that's really, it's beginning to function. So, anyway, um, that's pretty well a brief preview of what we've done. And please know it's a real joy for us to come and uh, hang out with you guys and know that you love us and we love you and and that all of the fruit all of the fruit is is uh, goes up to our the one who started the downline thing you know the but we're blessed to be here we love you guys we thank you for your partnering with us and go come, <laughs> come. <laughs> yeah Um, she wanted to share something, but we want to show a, a short video of my childhood. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> you know, Howard, we're your warm-up, right? <laughs> yeah, we are actually Howard's warm-up. And now Howie. I just, I heard this song, and it, it touched me, and it, it, it was so powerful. that I didn't realize it was a video, and probably because you've been in the States, you've seen it. Um, but this is just, um, well, first, if you'll watch the video, it's about Moses. I'd like to look in the mirror without hiding. 
In my 
it hit me at a time when um, just uh, realizing that without God, it's just impossible. And God chooses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And I just, you know, not that I, you know, um, well, I just, it made me think about Moses, that he was just an ordinary person doing something extraordinary. And all of us, if we just press into the Lord and we allow God to work in our lives, it's really not, and I know this is just so um, We've heard it so many times, but it really isn't about us. It's about God taking something ordinary and blowing on it, breathing on an ordinary life, a life that is filled with imperfections, a life that is filled with flesh. It's, he blows and he breathes on something ordinary, and it becomes extraordinary. And he gets the glory. He gets all the glory for it. It's, it's Christ that's being lifted. It up. It's Christ that's being magnified because there is no person, there is no person that can, can take that glory, although there are a lot of people that want to steal the glory from God. And, you know, I don't, I'm not going to take very much time, but I just want to encourage you in your walk with the Lord, don't look at your qualifications. There is no one that is qualified. There is, there is never going to be anyone that is qualified to do um, anything for God. I told the Lord, God, I don't want to do something for you. I just want to get in the flow. I want to abide in you, Lord. I just want to be a part of what you're doing. I just want to be a part of what you're doing in Chiapas, Lord. What a privilege it is to be a part of what you're doing. You created this. This came out of your mind. It didn't come out of my heart. I would have never dreamed of this. God, it came out of you and what you want to do. And God, keep us on that path. That we're not about building a project, about building a mission, about building a name, about building anything other than the glory of God to see you lifted up, you glorified. It's about Christ, and it's about, you know, I, I just, even in English, I don't have the right words to express it. But he is so amazing and so wonderful that, you know, you, you, you just, it's worth every sacrifice. We don't want to sacrifice anything anymore. We don't want to suffer anymore. And yet we read the scriptures. Every week we look at the scriptures about men and women who lay down their life for something that was greater than an individual. Something that was greater than a person or my personal wants and needs and desires. It's greater than all of this. It's Christ. It's Jesus Christ. And he is worth every sacrifice. He is worth it. He is worth it to to take up our cross and follow him. And there are moments and times where I feel like I can't go any longer, Lord. I just can't go any longer. And, and I, I crawl in my, my cocoon and thank God for my husband who comes in there and says to me, you can and you will. We can. You are stronger than you think you are, Tammy. You can do this. We can go on. We can keep pushing forward. We can keep pressing forward. And I am determined. Well, I, I, I just have this, this thought in my mind that it really isn't about... Um, being super spiritual, or, or it's about taking the next step. It's just about persevering. 
It's about taking one more step when you think you can't take another. It's about overcoming every fear when the enemy is saying, you can't do this. You are not capable of doing this. It's about saying, I will take the next step. I will keep going. I will keep going. I will keep going. And I will not stop. I will honor him with my life. I will lift up his name. I will glorify him. And there is no price too big. There is no price too dear to lift up and glorify the name of Jesus Christ and to have a relationship with a living God, a relationship and a passion, and to be a light in the world, to be salt with a savor. It says, I represent the King of Kings. I represent the Lord of Lords. And I will have an effect. You will either hate me or you'll love me, but I will have an effect in this life. I will walk in such a way that you will not be the the same after I've left your presence because it's about Christ and you will either hate me or you will love me. But I will not be something benign that has no flavor. I will walk in such a way, you know, I, it's, it, we've talked about it. It's not about a social work. It's about representing Christ. It's about lifting up his name. It's about, about somehow or another allowing our, our children and our church to, to catch the passion for Jesus and taking up their cross and following after him. It's about having spiritual eyes and spiritual ears and our antennas in tune, listening for his direction and listening for his call and saying, I mean, there is, if you're doing, if you're capable of doing what's on your plate right now, I doubt if you're following the Lord because he's always going to put you someplace where you're not qualified where you have to lean on him and trust him and, and say, God, I don't know where the next step is, but, but I'm just going to take it, Lord. And ojalá que tú estás aquí, and hopefully you're going to be there, Lord. You know, and, and I'm sorry, Howard, I'm hurrying. And, and <laughs> okay, the, the, you know, I, I, I think of Peter, and I think of when, when he said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. When he saw the Lord on the water, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. And Jesus said, it's me. Come. And he didn't start saying, well, how? How are you going to do this for me, Lord? How are you going to sustain me, God? Is there a fish under there? Is there a rock under there, God? How are you going to do this, God? Can you just give me the end plan? And you, you, you know we want to walk like that, and that's not faith. The faith is saying, God, is it you? And if it's you, bid me come. And then when you hear him say, come, plant pecans. Or, or come and, 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 and reach these people. And then it's not about the how anymore, folks. It's just about, okay, oh, I'm going to take this to help God. I'm going to take this step. And I just want to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. I want to give back to you. You have blessed us. You have prayed for us. And I want to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. Take those steps of faith. You know, it's scary. I won't won't deny it. It is scary. But it's living. There is life in it. It's not, if you stay in safety where you feel like you can control everything, you will never taste 
this part of a spiritual life. You will never, you will never be in that, that moment of, I can't believe this, what God is doing and what God has done. And it takes that, that place of saying, man, Lord, if you're not here, I am sunk. You know, and it, it just living on that edge with the Lord, trusting him. You know, we can have New Testament Christianity. We can walk in that way and see that type of the, those types of miracles. We can live in that. And I just want to encourage you, wherever you're at, get out of it. Keep going. I don't want to be where I was last week. I want to keep pushing and pressing forward in the things of God. Keep taking steps. Trusting the Lord. And all you have to do is say, God, is it you? And when he says yes, go. And, I, and I'm not talking just about foreign countries. I'm talking about going across the street. I'm just talking about walking next door to your neighbor and, and letting them know the truth or being in Walmart, you know, and, and hearing the, the voice of the Lord when he says to you, um, speak to this person or, you know, it, that's what it's about. It's about, it's not, you know what, if we sit in here waiting for the unsaved to come in here, it's never going to happen. That's your responsibility. The, the ministers are up here to prepare you to go out and to speak the truth in love and to, to evangelize and then bring them in here and get them discipled. But it's about out there taking those steps of faith and trusting that God will give you the words. Don't worry about the how. Just do it and you'll find that your mouth gets full of the words of God. And he'll just give you the grace and the strength to speak them out to people. God bless you guys. And thank you again so much for praying for us and supporting us and visiting us. And, um, and thank God that there are people that believe in us when we don't believe in ourselves any longer. And just remember that it's about him. And if there's anything good in any of us, it has to be him. Amen. Sorry, Howard. Praise God. <laughs> That's pretty good to start with, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're not finished yet. Uh, couldn't help but think when uh, Tammy was sharing about a little boy that uh, he's praying prayer. He said uh, he pr- prayed for his mom and he prayed for his dad. And he said, Lord, if you don't show up, we're all sunk. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the way it is in this Christian life. He doesn't show up. We're all sunk. (laughs) But he does show up. Why? Because he's faithful. Hallelujah. He's the faithful one. (laughs) 